In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. It's not Paul. I don't know where he is, but hopefully he'll be back soon. It's me. You're stuck with Jack, but I've got a fantastic guest on for you today to balance it out. We've got Mac Robinson. Mac, how are you? I'm good, Jack. I'm good. How are you, man? I'm good. So, awesome trip to Mobile. Some great content down there. How are you finding it converting back to real life after the week of so much enjoyment? Well, I went from uh, an extreme rainstorm with a lot of wind to now it's, uh, it's freezing cold up here. So it's kind of a stark difference where last week I was wearing shorts for the one day. And um, now it's, I believe, wind chill tomorrow is going to be around like negative 40. So uh, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. <laughs> it sounds like you're enjoying a British summer. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, it seems like it. Seems like it. <laughs> So we're back doing one of our positional review shows and Max agreed to jump on and chat about the DB room. So we're going cornerbacks and safeties, just chatting about where we are for the next three years. The reason why we're doing three years is because that's what a real NFL team is going to be sitting there discussing before they look at free agency in the draft. They want to know who they've got and where do they see them next few years mapping out? Because it's not just a one-year game. You've got to think long-term and three-year window gives you a really solid projection. So we're going to kick it off with the cornerbacks. And first name out of the hat, Denzel Ward. He's solid. We've got a number one. Yeah, Denzel Ward, you're locked, you have your lockdown cornerback. And you have that, that position pretty much locked down for the most part where you don't need to go ahead and go big for some of these guys. Like I know that there's going to be teams that are going to be talking about trying to trade for a Jalen Ramsey this offseason or trying to trade for a few other positions. But with the Cleveland Browns, you have Denzel Ward and you have him locked under a contract that – really isn't going to kill you uh, salary cap-wise. I mean, the most that he caps out at is in 2021 at $9.2 million. So for him, I mean, you're, you're pretty much set, and you're in a position where most teams would want to be in that position. No, it's, it's definitely it's a, it's a nice contract, 6.6, 7.9, and then 9.2. So, yep, cheap as peanuts for sort of a player that will hopefully over them three years hit his uh, – ceiling of potential the next name i'll jump to terence mitchell tied up for 3.4 this year 3.6 the year after and then a free agent in 2021 he's been solid can he stay healthy yeah i think that's going to be the biggest question but i i will say though that for for mitchell the way that he was able to bounce back and able to perform down the stretch i feel good about where he's at and like you said i mean He's not making any more than $3.6 million. So he's somebody that I'm, I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt to because it's something that I don't have to pay as much for some of the, for the way that he played, the level that he played at throughout the season. Yeah, for me, he's sort of that level that I'm happy if he starts opposite Ward, but I want a little bit more talent in there. And then him as sort of that third outside corner that can come in and cover if ward or an extra additional piece goes down it's a fantastic level to be able to just slot in there 
Yeah, and, and that's the kind of thing is that especially uh, with these playoff teams too, you're going to need that kind of depth to kind of bring up. And obviously, I know last offseason people were talking about, well, why would you take Denzel Ward after signing TJ Carey, Terrence Mitchell, EJ Gaines? You needed all of them because all of them ended up going down at some point. So it was one of those things where you need to have that kind of a depth behind behind them. You can't just go ahead and rest on the fact that, okay, I got a couple good corners, the rest aren't very good. No, you need to make sure you have that depth to fill out the rest of your roster. No, so the next one we jump to is TJ Carey, who signed up uh, this year at 8.9 million with a 4.7 million release. Um, 2020 is 8.15 um, with a 1.8 million release. And then 2021 is 8.65 with a 900,000 release. Where do you think the future is for him? Is he slot corner? Is he going to be here long? Where do you sit going? I, I don't, if it were me, if I was in charge, if I'm in John Dorsey's seat, I don't think I would keep TJ Carey around. Not because he's a bad player, because I think that he showed flashes. Obviously he played pretty well against Julio Jones overall. Um, and he played well down the stretch, but there was so much inconsistency with him. And especially getting him in a new scheme, everything like that. I don't know if I would keep him around at that much of a price tag. I don't think I would do it. Um, I would try to bring in somebody else, maybe another veteran, um, or at least try to redistribute that money elsewhere to other positions. For me, I'm sort of, I'm in the school of thought that I wouldn't mind if he left, but at the same time, for one more year, I wouldn't mind if he's around just because if you're paying him 8.9 to get rid of him, 4.7. That leaves you a spare sort of, what's that, 4.2 in that yeah. sort of, can you replace him for 4.2? So I think he's solid in the slot. Yeah, unless there's sort of that big body um, corn, uh, wide receiver, you need him to match up as a corner, then he can be useful there. But I don't really want him playing on the outside. So I think he might be one of them handful of players that, could be around just for one more year. I'd be shocked if he makes the 2020 roster, but I wouldn't mind if he's here for one more year. Yeah, and, and I mean, like I said, he showed you those flashes. So, I mean, I wouldn't mind him sticking around, but at the same time, my whole second point is just that price tag that you have him at. Um, it just seems a little bit too rich for my blood, but I mean, that's just me. Yeah, no, I can definitely agree there. Um, Howard Wilson's got another two years on less than a million with quite a low release clause. Um, I think he's gone in my books. He's never played a, a real snap in practice. Can he make it? Yeah. I mean, that's the only thing is just kind of health has always been his biggest issue. And I mean, he's somebody I would keep around through training camp, but I mean, depending on how that goes um, for, for Wilson, it's a little bit of an uphill battle uh, because he has the length and I mean, he has the production in college, but at the same time, I mean, it's just going to go ahead and, see if you can stay healthy how do you show the development as you kind of go on through the off season but I, i'm not sure if he makes the roster next year yeah a player that come on really strong for me not as a cornerback but as a special teams player Tavarius thomas um 570 this year 660 next year and then a restricted free agent in 2021 i think he's a lot for that sort of sixth or seventh corner that you keep yeah, I would agree, too, just because, like you mentioned, special teams. I mean, the guy ended up doing very well. I'll be interested to see how he fits in, especially with the new special teams coordinator coming in, uh, see how he fits in with them. Because, I mean, for years, you ended up having, uh, I believe it was um, Marlon Brown, I think it was, the wide receiver uh, who stuck around with Cleveland um, for, for a few years, who ended up just sticking around just, just as a special teamer. 
He was the seventh wide receiver, but he was a great special teamer. So he ended up sticking on the roster. So he's somebody in Thomas who I think has a future on the team if he just plays well as a special teamer. No, and, and the Pats are that perfect example. They've got sort of four players that sit around and you'd be shocked if they ever ran out there for a uh, regular mm-hmm. snap, but they just dominate on special teams. And that's just small advantage for you don't need all them players on um, game day just to be playing on offense and defense. You can afford to have three or four that just nail special teams. Yeah, I would agree with that for sure. And especially with the way that this roster is kind of built up, a lot of these players are guys who not only can play well on the field, but also can go ahead and contribute special teams. They contribute in multiple ways. And Thomas is one of those guys where he might not necessarily get his action on the field as a, as a cornerback or as a safety, but you end up seeing him end up making a lot more plays on special teams. And that's where he can go ahead and help you. And especially you need that, especially for a team like the Browns who are kind of heading towards that playoff window. Yep. Um, so we'll just do the couple of free agents, both Gaines. We've got EJ Gaines and Philip Gaines. What do you make of them? Um, Philip Gaines is a guy who was kind of just more depth near the end of the year. If they brought him back, I mean, it's up in the air in my opinion, but um, the EJ Gaines is intriguing to me because if he's, if he's healthy, I mean, he showed last year that he played very well. He was in line for that starting gig before uh, he ended up going down in the preseason and he ended up having Terrence Mitchell take that spot, which, I mean, thank goodness he did. But for, for EJ Gaines, he's a guy who I would love to keep around. I mean, he's a guy that I would love to make sure that he sticks around, see if you can get a full healthy season out of him and try to see if, try to see what you can get out of him really. Yeah, for me, um, Philip Gaines is one I'd quite like to keep. If we can get him on that veteran minimum, him as sort of your fifth um, or sixth corner could be really rewarding. He came out and he, he produced well. I think he had about 400 snaps on defense, got an above average PFF grade. So he, he did okay. Um, there was one game that I saw him make a couple of bad plays and then ranted on him in the podcast. And then PFF mm-hmm. came out with their numbers and said basically everything other than two plays. He did really well. But mm-hmm. one of them, if a corner's playing well, you regularly don't see it. So for me, I'd happily keep him around. EJ Gaines is, yeah, as you said, if, if I can get a deal which has low guarantees and I can just give him another sort of two, um, two million prove it deal for another year, I'm taking a pay cut on what he got last year, but he's had another in- major injury. Yeah, it's, it's a hell of a player to have around and see if it works out. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And that was the way that I kind of saw him last year where, I loved the signing when it happened. And for him last year, or coming into this year, he ended up really producing well while he was healthy. Obviously, he ended up going down near the end of the year, and it was unfortunate, but at the same time, he showed that good production that you want to keep around. So it'll be interesting to see if he's able to come back at the same type of level. Yeah. So we'll bounce over to do the safeties before we hit free agents. Um, The big name in the room is Demarius Randall. Just over nine million this year um, on his fifth year option, and um, we've got to lock up that deal, surely. Yeah, yeah, no, that's if I'm John Dorsey and we're taking a look at the defense. I mean, that's step number one. I mean, step number one is making sure that we lock down Demarius Randall because Randall has done a good job overall. Um, obviously, he had a standout year this past year. Um, I thought he should have made the Pro Bowl, but. Um, for the way that he was able to perform, the kind of swagger and kind of confidence that he added to that defense. I think he was one of the key players on that entire team. But not only that, too, but I think that he's one of those guys who's a leader and who I think you can build your defense around here going forward. 
I definitely agree with that. And then you've got Jabril Peppers, um, 2.8 million, 3.3 million, and then a fifth year option in 2021. And another player that you've got to keep around. Yeah, yeah, no, you have to. And I think we're we're getting to that point where you're going to end up seeing a bubble here for uh, the Cleveland Browns after 2021 because the way that they have these contracts all set up and everything like that, it, it seems like 2021 is going to be that year for pretty much everybody pretty uh, that year and then the following year in 2022 will be the kind of make or break for, for this Browns team. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I think you're going to have some tough decisions to make, not really this year because there's only sort of Collins is the only one out there as the, the obvious cut candidate, whereas next year I think they're going to have quite a few names that are coming across their desk and uh, you're going to see some names leave the Browns in the next offseason that people won't be happy about, but it will be for the long-term good. I will I will go ahead and say this, and I've been saying this on my podcast as well, but I think that, and I know he's a fan favorite, but I think Christian Kirksey's expendable. Um, I think that he's somebody that you can try to move. I don't know if somebody would take out his contract uh, just because uh, looking at his deal, he's got um, 8.2 next year, 9.9 the year after that, and then 10.4 in 2021. And in all honesty, the guy has uh, struggled a little bit in coverage. Um, I, I wasn't as big of a fan of him this past year, honestly. Um, and so for me, the way that I'm looking at building this team, I think that you can go ahead and upgrade that position um, with somebody else. Like if, if Anthony Barr hits free agency from Minnesota, I, I don't care. I'm backing up the Brinks truck. I'm like making sure that I pay him instead of Jamie Collins, instead of Christian Kirksey, because between the two of them, you're looking at uh, just doing mental math here, $24 million for Jamie Collins over the next two years and another 27 for Kirksey over the next three. And so for me, I think once again, you can redistribute that across the roster. Yeah, I think Kirksey's got that one more year because of all the guaranteed money. But yeah, in all honesty, Kirksey, Landry, um, Carrie, um, Hubbard, I don't, I don't think any of them players make the 2020 roster. So you're going to have lots of them big names and big contracts suddenly gone, which it frees up the cap space to do other stuff. But uh, to bounce to the next name, um, Derek Kindred, he's got one more year. Um, 840,000 before he hits free agency. I can't see him being here long term. I don't think he's here long term, but the only thing is that I'm not sure he's a candidate where I'm not necessarily sure how he necessarily fits with Steve Wilkes because the way that Steve Wilkes, and I, I know that there have been others like Jay Burns and other people as well who have noted this as, as well about Wilkes, but Wilkes kind of runs a cover too. So that means that your safeties are going to need to be better in zone a little bit and be able to play off. Um, now, I'm sure he'll adjust the peppers and everything like that as well. But at the same time, Derek Kindred struggles a lot in coverage. He's a great run support guy, but he struggles a lot in coverage. So I'm not sure if they try to move on from Kindred and possibly try to draft a safety or pick up one of these guys that another team will be letting go for this offseason. But I'm not sure if they might try to see if they can kind of flip him for maybe like moving up spots in the draft where in the same way that you saw uh, Kevin Hogan, for instance, um, Kevin Hogan was traded to the Redskins for the Brown seventh round pick to move up to the Redskins sixth round pick. So that kind of a deal where kind of using him as value to move up in the draft, that might be something that they kind of use. Yeah. Or, or there's the other option of they flip him and use him as a linebacker potentially um, might move into that mix, um, especially if they want sort of, his coverage might not be good for a safety, 
but it's probably okay for a uh, role of a linebacker. So you might see him move into that room and uh, see what he does there. Um, I mean, for me, my only thing is just that I feel like he's a little bit small on the smaller side for to be a linebacker. Um, but at the same time, I feel like I would rather have somebody where instead of trying to convert somebody like that, possibly looking at Dayon Buchanan, who's a linebacker uh, from Arizona, where he at least has the experience as a linebacker already. So maybe try to see if you can utilize that that type of a player or possibly try to see if you can trade for another player. Yeah, I, 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 th- I thought the uh, Buchanan and... Hassan Riddick would be very likely. And mm-hmm. then when you look, they didn't work last year with Wilkes, so they probably might not yeah. come now. And that, that, that might be the only thing that stops them um, coming. Um, the final name in that safety room, uh, BBC, restricted free agent. I think we can rack him up for a contract um, smaller than the two million to give him the original round tender, maybe 1.25 to 1.5 a year. Um, but I, I would love to see him back. Obviously, can cover that sort of free safety spot, but ideally drops as well to be a slot corner. Yeah, I think he's one of those guys where he he brings a lot to the team. And I think that he kind of struggled a little bit with Greg Williams uh, to an extent where they kind of just tried to move him around, see what see where he fit. But I think you saw down the stretch that he kind of got into a groove and he really got to be the player that he was last year where he was performing very well. And I think he got lost in uh, the 0-16 record. but Brian Body Calhoun played very well last year. And I think that for him, I would like to keep him around. The only thing is, like we mentioned, this whole three-year window is where you're going to have a lot of a lot to spend uh, given the lower spending in certain key position positional areas like Denzel Ward, Miles Garrett, uh, obviously Jabril Peppers as well as Baker Mayfield and Nick Chubb. But they have all these guys on lower contracts. You're going to be able to spend a little bit. But if I'm John Dorsey, I might front load a deal where I'm not necessarily having to worry about paying him down the road, but at the same time, I'm able to keep him around. I might do a three-year deal with Green Body Calhoun. I might look at like $9 million total uh, for three a year, possibly 10 mil, but something like that where it's nothing crazy, but you're also giving him a big enough raise that it, it makes sense for him to stick around. Yep. So if we jump over and just look at some potential free agents, I'll kick off the uh, cornerback one with... Ronald Darby, I know he's got injured, and that's why I think it might be the time to strike. If you can see if he'll take sort of a one-year, five to six million, come to Cleveland. It's a very talented defense that's going to add a lot this offseason. Come play for us for one year, hit the market again. Either we'll re-sign you long-term or go somewhere else because he's probably going to start the season on PUP. Um, And that, for me, would be a deal I'd love to jump on if he's willing to take that uh, cheaper one-year deal. I would agree with that. Um, the only thing is that it, it all depends on what you do with EJ Gaines, in my opinion, because EJ Gaines and Ronald Darby are very similar players in that dealing with a lot of injuries throughout their career. Uh, they've been able to perform well when they're healthy. But like I said, that that health is a big question. And I agree with you where it, it's it might be worth the risk uh, to go for it where he's had that production in the past. But the only question, too, is. How does he come back from that? How does he? How is he able to return from that injury? And can he perform still at that level? I think he can. It'd be interesting to see what kind of number he's looking at as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the the unique thing for me about the cornerback room is, and like many positions, we're literally looking for starter talent. The depth is loaded. Um, if you can re-sign and bring some back, then players. Unless you're going to come in this room and be the starter opposite Ward, 
we don't really need anyone there. I mean, honestly, I, I would say, like I said, it, you can go ahead and cut a TJ Carey, but at the same time, I think that the way that this defense is structured, you have a lot of people that can move and do different roles. So, for instance, Brian Potter Calhoun can be a corner, can be your slot corner. He can be your free safety. Tamarius Randall showed this year. He can be a free safety, but also if you need him to go outside, he can do that as well. Terrence Mitchell can play inside or outside. And so I think that's the one thing is that a lot of these cornerbacks, I think that you can go ahead and use position, position versatility where you have some of these guys where you can go ahead and move players around to make this fit. And I think that that's what Wilkes will bring as well. But like you mentioned, I mean, Ronald Darby, he's somebody who'd be interesting. And I think that you can go ahead and shift your defense around to where Terrence Mitchell, you can go ahead and be your slide corner again. And you can have Darby be on the outside. But in the same way, I'd be fine with keeping Terrence Mitchell on the outside. I think that he, he did a very good job near the end of the year last year and showed that he wasn't going to back down from anybody. So for, for me, I would love to keep him around as the outside corner. But if we want to bring somebody else in as well, I think that fits as well. And I think that you can upgrade that depth and move on from a guy like a TJ Carey. Okay. Any free agent names you want to throw out there? Um, I mean, somebody that I, I found is interesting is uh, Pierre Desir, uh from Indianapolis, obviously a former Cleveland Brown, um, had that production in college where I, I'm not sure the exact number. I'm pretty sure it's something like 18 interceptions, I want to say. Don't quote me on it. Um, but he came from small college, uh, ended up coming in, and took a little bit of time to kind of develop uh, here in Cleveland. But obviously, he's ended up having a solid career, ended up eight, ranked 18th uh, by Pro Football Focus. And at age 28, you're at the back end of that prime for him. So I feel like he might be a prime candidate to give him a bigger short-term deal. Try to see if you can get the last of that that prime production from Pierre Desir, kind of utilize him on the outside as well. Um, flipping over to safety, I think it might be an interesting one. As you say, if um, Wilkes wants to keep them two deep players, potentially looking for an extra free safety. Um, and if you can, rather than having the three linebackers, I'm never a fan of three linebackers on the field. Um, mm -hmm. Literally, that is one of my two measures of has Wilkes had a good defense is do we um, are we in the sort of bottom amount for the amount of times you've got three linebackers on the field and how often have you got away with only rushing four for the quarterback? If he's in the bottom 10% for each of them, then we're going to have a good defense this year. But if you went and sort of took potentially a big name um, free safety, I'm not talking right up there with the Earl Thomas, but I'm just talking a Trey Boston, a, um, a Honey Badger, someone with good production and just paired them with Randall and then just give Peppers potentially just that free roll. And he had some crazy moments. Um, I, I forget who the interception was against. He just literally flew across the field, was able to read the game and jump in somewhere else. And I think him as someone that can every snap, he can do everything. He can drop deep and he can do stuff. He can jump out there and probably help with the corners. He can come up and cover the tight ends. And he can tackle like a linebacker um, when he's got his head right and hopefully they'll be able to fix that. But using him as sort of a, uh, a wild card that can do a bit of everything could be exciting. Yeah, and one guy kind of just to take a look at, just glancing through the free agent list. But And I know it'd be a little bit of a weird fit for some, but taking a look at Tyron Matthew, I mean, I know like it's one of those big names, but at the same time, 
him and Peppers kind of remind me a lot of each other, but in the same way, I think that Matthew is a little bit better in coverage. So for me, I feel like he would be somebody I'm keeping my eye on. Um, I don't think Landon Collins will make it a free agency. I think that New York will be able to lock him up. Um, but also, too, just taking a look at it, I mean, uh, Trey Boston's interesting. Um, I, I think that, like I said, I feel like Tyron Matthew is one of those guys where he can add so much more because not only can you have him be your strong safety and have Peppers do whatever you want, but at the same time, you can go ahead and drop Peppers back a little bit. And then you can also move him down a slot. It, like I said, the versatility on this team is very key for this group. And so to go ahead and have somebody like a Tyron Matthew, where he's your Swiss Army knife, along with the Jabril Peppers, where both of these guys, okay, and this play to disguise the defense. We're not going to just have these guys do this. We're going to have you rotate around, go to have Peppers drop back, have Matthews blitz. So at the same time, it adds so much more confusion, so much more that the quarterback has to worry about that – defensively you absolutely love no I, th I think it was something sort of draft season last year when people were saying oh should the browns consider adding um went to the charges derwin james um yes. at the time i was like mm, but you've already got a really good strong safety but it, now thinking about it, if you drop to them two linebackers and you potentially had randall at sort of the the peak and you're sort of not angel position but your deeper free safety and then you had sort of peppers and Derwin james running either side and one can drop deep one can come up and tackle well they can even do the they can blitz um having them two either side of damaris randall would just be insane um but hey we, we've got the option that we can now do that yeah no absolutely and that and that's the biggest thing is that it adds a lot more like i mentioned versatility it has a lot more options to receive wilkes because for him, he's a guy where when Freddie Kitchens announced that he wanted to get Steve Wilkes, what he said was he was looking for basically his version, the version of him and the way that he operates with the offense on the defensive side. And so for me, I'm taking a look at it as, okay, let's get the most talent on this team and they can go ahead and play to their strengths. They can go ahead and adjust the defense to their strengths. And so I feel like adding, adding a very talented player like Tyron Matthew would be fantastic for this group. Now, it'd be interesting if Houston lets him go or not, uh, if Houston allows him in a free agency or if they try to go ahead and resign him. But I'm pretty sure he has come out and said that he doesn't really care about the money as much as winning a title. So I feel like, and I know this is crazy to say, but I feel like he's a little bit closer to that here than he would be down in Houston. That's just me, though. Uh, the Colts are looking hot, so that's going to be, be a tough division going forward. So it makes sense to move to a division that it's not just the Browns who look good because you could argue that potentially, I would say we're slightly better than Houston, but you could argue they're about similar, especially going into next season. We should be in an easier division. And that is going to be a factor if you're looking at, I want to win a ring. Is the reason you can go to New England and you get to the playoffs every year is because their division is trash. Um, so, yeah, it has a knock-on effect. Is there any other stuff you want to wrap up with? Um, no, I think I'm good. I think we got. I think we covered everything pretty much. I feel like we did everything pretty good. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. Plug yourself. Where can everyone find your work? Uh, you guys can go ahead and uh, find my stuff. On, well, for one, if you want to contact me on Twitter, as always, that's the easiest way to get to me at Mac Robinson CLE. I'm also on Instagram at the same name. Um, also, too, I just got added on at BigPlay.com, so I'm writing for them now, covering the Browns and Cleveland sports as well. 
Um, also, as always, you guys can find myself on browntwire.com. I have my podcast, The Hurry Up, uh, the Brown Twire podcast that we run through that as well. Uh, you guys can find that on Spotify, Audio Boom, uh, Apple Podcasts, wherever you guys can find it. It's on there pretty much. Um, but uh, yeah, other than that, like I said, Twitter at Mac Robinson CLE. Uh, make sure you go and um, subscribe to his podcast. Give him a follow on Twitter. And, and then with his podcast, jump back a week. He done two, two three. Um, he, he done some episodes down from Senior Bowl, well worth jumping back and giving them a listen. Yeah, I had a couple, had one where I had interviews with Andy Isabella from uh, UMass, where he's a local Cleveland kid from Mayfield Heights. Then also I had on uh, John Kaminsky, talk to him a little bit. Um, and uh, he is from Barberton, which is right outside of uh, Northeast Ohio here. Fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on, Mac. Have a wicked rest of the week. Um, and thank you guys for listening. Make sure you share and subscribe. And uh, we'll be back soon with another podcast.